do this morning, please don't touch your face. Right? You ever know that? Like, that's like the first thing you do. Like, you just can't help it. Like, oh my gosh, and now I have to. My, yeah. This is what I've been teaching my six-year-old to do. And, uh, you know, work, work. So there's kind of a, there's kind of a beautiful um, 
uh, cohesion to the body of Christ when we talk about um, prayer. And so uh, I want to jump into, I think a lot of this is in your handout, but maybe not all of it. But I'm going to jump into Luke chapter 11, and um, which I think is that first text there. And I'm going to start earlier uh, than what you have. I think you start at verse 5, and we'll go to verse 1, and we'll read through this a little bit. It says, He, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. Like, I love, I love uh, Luke here. He's like very brief about prayer. You know, he's like, he's like moving on to the next thing. So verse 5, this is, I think, where your hangout starts. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Right? It's like when Zach knocks on my door at like 10 p.m. He's like, do I need some milk? Right? Dude, I'm, I'm in bed. Yeah. <laughs> Only happened a couple times. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. Interesting. That's, Jesus is always messing with us. Verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, he will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, he will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the word of the Lord. Yeah, I love how He throws in the Holy Spirit here. Like, what, is that what we're, we're... Like, all of a sudden, all of a sudden we're talking about the Holy Spirit. You know? It's interesting. He says, knock, seek, be bold, and you will find. Man, this text, right? Isn't this interesting? Right? Does this sum up the way that you pray? Uh, you know, you guys ever watch, uh, there's some good Facebook videos out there called uh, NAS Daily. You know what I'm talking about? N-A-S Daily. It's, uh, it's like this guy, he puts out these one minute long videos and they're about like just everything in the world. Uh, they're super interesting to me. I actually really love following him. And, um, and a lot of them are about uh, what, it, what can happen in your life if you do this one thing or make this one change. Uh, and like... Every single day, like you do, like you just show up for this thing, and, and how our lives can be changed uh, just by these little incremental uh, daily habits, right? And but the, the irony is, is this is how this guy got to start. Is he said, I mean, I don't know what drove him, but but he decided to to commit to making a thousand videos, consecutive videos, uh, one per day until he hit a thousand uh, minute-long videos. Right, but but he didn't like own a camera. He didn't have any like knowledgeable skills around this, and so um, so he just learned. So he went out and bought a camera, and he just started. And he was really bad at it at first, but then obviously uh, he got kind of good at it, right? And he did. He did this a thousand days in a row, like kept his commitment, and, uh, and now he's got this like, huge following, millions of people. Um, anyway, it's just this beautiful uh, uh, kind of image of, of what happens as we 
commit to do something on a, on a daily basis, uh, right? At, at, at the outset, it, it doesn't require anything, right? Like a camera, maybe buying some equipment, right? It, it doesn't really require anything. Um, but, but yet it also, it also like requires everything, doesn't it? Like I, on the outset, it's like it doesn't require anything. It's just like you just have to show up. But yet also, it's like it requires everything. It requires tenacity and commitment and perseverance and, and presence, right? Asking, seeking, knocking, asking, seeking, knocking, ask, seek, knock, right? It's almost like I, I, you almost hear a little bit like if, if, if you really want it, you'll get it. There's almost there's almost like a you'll get it if right if it's really what you want will you go after it like will you will you knock until the door opens right I can't hear but help but hear a little bit of this in this text right uh, so I want to jump to this James text that we read earlier just for a second um, because I do think it's pertinent uh, James writes in his letter he says my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of any kind a few of those going around consider it nothing but pure joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. But ask in faith, never doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded and unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So uh, this is really interesting, and I think this text gets maybe uh, used in the wrong way sometimes. But because this notion of doubting um, for us today is very, very different than they would have understand, understood doubt in their day and time. Uh, and so when we, you know, we think about doubt, like, like, oh, like, I, if I can have enough faith, like, you know, like, yes, I believe God can move a mountain if God wants to. You know, we think about doubt kind of in these parameters. And uh, or around having doubts right now, but it wasn't like that. It, it was more like this, uh, and he kind of uses another word and says double-mindedness. It was very much like that, um, like a, a this word for doubt uh, literally has to do with separateness, right? Uh, you can even use it to talk about making judgments, right? It's sort of like I'm, I'm separating these paths or these ways out in my mind, making these distinctions, right? And so it's not so much about like. This thing over here, but but more almost about kind of wishy-washiness, uh, right? Uh, a lack of clarity of direction, uh, maybe or purity of direction, sort of lends to some of that. And so uh, it's it's funny talking about uh, decisiveness today because I feel like decisiveness is like our cultural enemy number one. Uh, you know, like I have a really hard time deciding between. Brooklyn Nine-Nine and call the midwife. Like, on any, on any given night. You know what I'm saying, Chad? Thank you. Yeah, like, this is like, and I mean, you're basically talking like Hulu, Netflix, like, just, you know, it's like, man, like, decisiveness. Like, Emily hates it uh, when I scroll. But, man, I love scrolling. You know? It's just like, she's like, we just pick something. It's like, inevitably, like, we just watch whatever she wants to watch. Because, like, I just want to see what all the options are. And then go from there. You know? Like, uh, what's new on here? You know? And uh, anyway, yeah, it's decisiveness. Uh, decisiveness is hard, especially when you start like, talking about degree choices or, or spouse uh, choices or, or lots of other things, you know, to, to decide on. Uh, you know, or the ultimate uh, trump card of like where you're gonna send your kid or send your kid to uh, 
elementary school, like, man, I've seen so many parents just like crawling on the floor, you know, they're like, I don't know, you know. Every time Daly and I go to the, the public library, there's just like a group of moms that are like, so where did you water again? You know, they're like, you know, they're, all they talk about is where they're sending the kids to elementary school. Big life decisions, right? How might we be a people decisive or God-centered in our choices and in our prayers? Heaven home, right? Isn't this like the very posture of Jesus in the Gospels, right? Like, drop everything, come follow me. Yeah, we're going, you know. And then, and then, the, and then the few guys in the text who are like, hey, Jesus, where are you going? Can we come? And Jesus is like, yeah, let's roll. And they're like, oh, right now, like, I'm just going to go hang out with my family. And, like, we're getting pizza later. There's a movie thing. Like, bury my father, you know. And, uh, Jesus, and Jesus is like, no, dude, we're, we're out. You know, like, you're either, you're either with me or, like, you know. And uh, you just see this sort of over and over again. This very, this very term we use for repent, uh, right, in the Greek metanoel. Right? And it literally means to turn, like go this direction now, like to change your mind. Like, hey, we're, this is where we're going. And uh, you, just, you just can't help but see that over and over in the Gospels. Right? So back in Luke, uh, verse 14. Oh, man, I just did it. Now, uh, <laughs> it's like, ah! Oh. Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the one who had uh, been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said... He cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, to test him, kept demanding from him a sign from heaven. But he knew that what they were thinking said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself becomes a desert, and house falls on house. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out the demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I cast out the demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your exorcists cast them out? This is interesting. We just don't have these conversations anymore. <laughs> Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his castle, his property is safe. But when one is, but when one stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him. He takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his plunder. Verse 23. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Hmm. Again, there's this theme of right, like not being divided, right? Separated. Separated, uh, right? It's, it's, it's about truth. Right? Jesus is like, you clearly don't even understand how it works. Uh, right? The, the only way this demon can be driven away is because I'm not on his team. You know? like, we're, it's separate. It's a different direction. Uh, right? Diametrically opposed. Right? If you, if you want to come with me, we're going this way. We're going this direction. Right? If you're not gathering with me, you might be scattering. It's interesting. It's similar to that parable, right? You guys know that parable of the persistent widow? It's one of my faves. Right? Because you're like, what's going on here? But this widow, this, this lady, she's, she wants justice from this judge. This judge is not going to give it to her. And so she's just like annoying the crap out of him. You know, she's just like at his house. She's like, I'm going to need some justice. You know? <laughs> and he's like, go away. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay. 
And then this just goes on and goes on and goes on until finally, like, she gets her justice. And Jesus is like, that's how you should pray. And we're all like, what? You know? Isn't that, isn't that really interesting? Like, man, that, that I feel like th- this, is, this just feels problematic to me. Like, if I'm honest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, is it that our God is a God who has to really be bugged by us in order to hear our prayers? Is that what's going on here? Is that what's being said in the arc of the Gospels in the text, right? Is that what Jesus, like, like you want to get something from God, right? You want God to hear your prayer? Uh, you're going to have to, like, scream louder. You know? It's like, because he's way up there, and keep throwing rocks. You know? God, 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 God. New car, new car, new car. You know? <laughs> Man. Let me tell you, I've been praying out for years, and nothing has happened, so, you know, clearly, I've got a few more years to go, so, I don't know, I don't know how this works. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like those bumper stickers, for those hats, you guys ever seen those? It's just an acronym to push, right? Ah, source. Just pray until something happens, right? You guys seen those? Man. I might venture to say this morning, if prayer for you is anything like pushing, it may actually not be prayer. It might actually be something else. It's interesting. This is actually part of the very warning that Jesus gives in the outset of Matthew 6. And I didn't have room in your hand out for this, so just follow along with every Bible, Matthew 6, 5. He says, whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and be seen at the street corners. They may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not keep up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Right? It's not a push. It sounds, it sounds a lot more like a, a relationship. It sounds more like a, a, a beckoning, right? What if prayer is has a lot less to do with about us pushing God and has a lot more to do about God pulling us, right? Just kind of think about it, right? That, that you and I might be changed and transformed, right, and metanoeoed and, and shaped into the image of God by being in the presence of God. Something marinated on but but is it true that that uh, well, like uh, that we we will seek after like will we seek after these true desires right ultimately if you if you really want it will you go for it and 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 if it really matters that much won't you be communicating like you're just sort of the head games right if it, if it really if something really matters that much won't you be kind of like talking with God about it on a regular basis God you know knows what we're delighting in. But if we're, if we're spending time with God, won't we'll, we'll God, you know, is God also shaping our, our desires? Is God also shaping our prayers? Is God also shaping who we are, right? Does, does God bend to our desires or, or do our desires bend to God? Right. It's kind of funny to think about. So here, here in, um, you know, lies a, a bit of the interesting part. Um, you know, what if, what if your truest desires aren't good? 
What if your truest desires aren't holy? Right? And we just keep bothering God until God answers those. Right? How do we change our desires? I want to take a quick look at, at um, the Lord's Prayer here. Um, because I, I think there's a little bit of the irony here. Is that, that I wonder if the way that we change our desires right, is also given in this prayer. That, that we practice it daily. Right? In, this, in this very model of prayer, this way Jesus teaches us to pray, right? it, it's, it's all kind of involved in the dailiness of this prayer. So I want to look at this prayer real quick in, uh, in Matthew's below. And uh, yeah. he, he says, now pray in this way. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? Daily, this is about being in awe and wonder right, of this divine parent. Like literally this just by itself, spending time in the presence of this holy God on a daily basis, right? There's already something that must begin to change you here. Verse in, your kingdom come, your your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Daily we're here asking for the arrival of God's will, uh, not our own will, right? On earth as it is in heaven. It's like line two here. Uh, that 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 our, us seeking, right, will more than God. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Daily we ask for this bread, right? It's literally at the core of who we believe God to be that God shows up and provides for us. That God gives us enough, right, for today. And they totally stole it. It's not spot up there, didn't they? They were just, yeah. They weren't going to worship, and then they're going to worship, and they took our ten pounds back, and we're going to have to, we should just all go up there right now. <laughs> they what? So this one's really good. Verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So there's a little bit more confusion here on this one. Uh, I, you may have noticed that Kaleo would often print debtors instead of trespasses or, or sins or something like that. So um, we believe that um, de- debts is a little more accurate. Um, but uh, in, in Luke, uh, he... Or in Matthew, he uses debts and debtors. Uh, and then, but it's interesting though, Luke's always messing things up. Come on, Luke. He says, hamartia, right? Means sin. But then he immediately follows it up with, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, right? It's paired with this, so uh, I can't say it very well, so I'm dancing around it. Ophila Tony. Uh, something like that. You can look that up. Fact check me there. Uh, but, it's, but it's clear that Jesus is tethering this sort of language of indebtedness, right? Uh, the culture, like for first century you know, Israel, like debts, man, like it's all about debts, isn't it? Like, uh, like, like we're paying off this debt, we owe this debt, like you're a servant or, or you're indebted to the land or the land is indebted to you, uh, right? It's all revolving around this context of, of debts. Right, uh, your sins are forgiven. Uh, right, so we can walk again. Uh, right, it's like, what is this debt language? Um, you know, but but in so many ways, like it's still about that for us, isn't it? Uh, we're still talking about our, our debts, right? We we acquire debt when we owe something to someone, right? Or maybe I, I borrow from you, or I'm I'm taking from you, or I've wronged you in a bad way, right? Um, yeah, it's like. It, it's like we wake up in the morning, and from our first interaction on, we're borrowing, we're taking, 
uh, right? The very nature of relationship is like indebtedness. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, like there's just this little bit of dance uh, that happens every single moment. Like that, that uh, we need each other, and therefore we enter sort of this indebted relationship with one another, uh, right? There's this, sort of this back and this forth, right? You have any, you have any debts you're carrying around this morning? It's, we have to, we have to back up a little bit to see how crucial this is that, that in this one way that Jesus is like, pray like this. He gives us like five lines. And, and right here he's spending all this time talking about our debts. Right? I think Jesus knew that the path of life has to do ultimately with, with us. Like with us forgiving everyone else for what they couldn't be for us. And then us forgiving ourselves for everything that we couldn't be for them. Right? There's just, there's just an indebtedness happening here. So he says, daily, daily, Lord, just help us to forgive all these debts. Verse 13, and bring us not to the time of trial or temptation, but rescue us from evil. Right? Again, um, I've, done a, I've done a little bit of research around this term evil. And, uh, and so what's interesting here is tradition always uses the term evil here, but um, it's, it's not the most common. It's not, it's not the word in Greek you use for evil. But, but it does mean all sorts of things. It means like hardship and trial and peril. and uh, the, the root word is panos, mean pain, right? You know, and so there's just, so maybe evil is a good, good word here to use, right? These annoyances, these perils, right? This is harassed by labors is a possible translation, you know? It's like deliver us daily. Like it's crucial that this is in the prayer, right? At the very end, right, prior to your kingdom come, prior to, to give us our identity, like, at the end, though, it is there, right? Deliver us from this peril. Deliver us from this evil. Deliver us from this pain, right? And so we get this prayer. I love this prayer. And uh, it's like daily pray this prayer. And I can't help but wonder as we pray this prayer every day that it does begin to shape us, to see God to see a, a, a God who is holy, to desire more communion with this God, more kingdom, more debt forgiving, more good, uh, right? What, what if, you know, I, I wonder if this sort of prayer, praying this sort of prayer again daily, uh, again, isn't, isn't, isn't less about God hearing our petitions, but about God shaping who we become and thus who the world becomes. Uh, what if following Jesus today isn't doesn't have a lot to do with just us showing up, right? We're showing up. Uh, I remember uh, last week when when we all went out to, to serve on Thursday, and and Deirdre brought the kids, and they posted she posted a picture online, and she said um, she said talk to your children about hard things, teach them to show up however you're able. I love that. Is that, like, isn't that isn't that it, right? Isn't that prayer? Like, what if prayer uh, has a lot to do with just us showing up every day, right? Look at someone this morning and say, "Show up." Show up. Show up. Now, later, go out and find someone else. Like, Why didn't you show up? So there's this there's this there's this gift, right? I'm gonna go along. You guys, are like, what are we talking about? Prayer. Oh my gosh, so much to say. Kids coming back in. 
there's this gift that we call disciplines. There's this gift that we call routines, right? I, I, I love the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> you know, like, being, again, being like a non Enneagram, this is great. Like, He literally gives me the words to say. Like, I can literally just, like, read these words. Like, pray these words. I already know these words. I can just pray them. I don't have to think about it. Like, I can just show up and pray this prayer. Like, there. There it is, right? Hey, let me just break it down for you guys. Here's what you're going to say. What would it mean for us, maybe even this season of Lent, to practice this routine of showing up in simple ways to pray uh, this morning? During this very, uh, I suppose, tumultuous season of, of uncertainty, what does it mean this, this morning that we allow prayer to pull us? Not that we're trying to push God, but that we come, come to a place, that we show up in a place that we might be pulled by prayer. That we might become more often, even in our shutdown. This morning, uh, to close, uh, let's do let's, let's do something crazy and pray the Lord's prayer together. Should be in your hand, hopefully in your heart. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts. And lead us not into temptation, but 